Hello, this is Joan. And this is Ruth. And we are back with the Cross Conference Cast. It's Thursday, February 21st. Uh, we have an All Garb Cup roster and um, other kinds of news. Uh, but uh, this is we're, we're still doing this, this testing format where we're just going to talk about uh, kind of one or two topics at a time. And in this case, it's just the national team. <laughs> and I apologize in advance. Um, though we have, we have better feelings. It's weird. This is weird about our good feelings. Do you think it's because of other things, Ruth, or? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the U.S. Women's National Team team was taking Valentine's Day seriously this year and is trying to romance us, mm-hmm. bring us back. It's all know. Tom Shermani and his mustache. That's, <laughs> you know, I think, I think a mustache does a lot of good things for a women's soccer team. <laughs> I mustache you to come back to the national team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm going to put a mustache on our logo. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Please do. So, but but first, before we start talking about the national team, for those that don't know, Ruth um, kind of does everything for our game magazine. Um, (laughs) And they're having this symposium about women's soccer at the end of March, March 29th. In Burnaby, British Columbia, which... That's in Canada. In, yes, Canada, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> um, for those of you that are from America and don't pay attention yeah, to Canada. What, what a British Columbia is. It's not in South America. It's where Vancouver is. Mm-hmm. So um, tell me a little bit about the symposium, Ruth. Okay. It is, like you said, it's on March 29th. Um, it's a day-long symposium. And this is the first time we're doing it. And since it's the first time we're doing it, we are planning on, you know, doing it more than one time, like annually, mm-hmm. sort of like an academic conference for, for women's soccer. Um, it's in conjunction with the Western Canada Soccer Showcase. So there's already, I mean, there's already a lot of soccer stuff going on, a lot of women's soccer stuff going on at that time. Um, they're they're coaches up there, um, youth coaches, there are college coaches recruiting, there are a ton of players, there are going to be like Canadian national team players, current and former. Um, so it's, it's more than just the symposium, but the symposium is the new part and the part that I've been more involved with this year. Um, and so for those of you that aren't familiar with academic conferences, there are going to be a number of, of speakers, and um, these these speakers will include national team coaches, um, college coaches. Randy Waldrum's supposed to speak. Um, Carmelina Moscato. So we'll have Olympians and World Cup players speaking. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting selection. Um, we're including a link for you to check out. Uh, and I think... There's going to be um, there's going to be a social media component um, because this is I mean this is the first time and we are kind of still building it up um, and so we're aware that a lot of people can't rearrange their schedules short notice to come over Easter weekend um, mm-hmm. but we want to make it as accessible as we can 
on short notice. Um, so, you know, uh, keep an eye out for that at the end of March. It's going to be a lot of really educational stuff talking about development in the women's game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm excited. I'm hoping it sets a precedent and it's bigger next year and the following year and the following year. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really cool. Uh, I can't go, but um, I I suggest other of our listeners go. You guys are in a very high tax bracket, right? <laughs> That's the kind of people that listen to podcasts, people with money. Um, or or if you're if you can't go this year, um, look at going next year. Um, I'm definitely going to try and make it next year. I was looking at making it this year, but uh, I don't have a passport. <laughs> and it, it would take me too long to get one. Yeah, it does take a little time. State Department kind of drags their feet. Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's really cool. I, I think people should go. I'm excited. Um, maybe they can put up some video post just to, to whet the appetite um, for next year. Yeah, that that's really cool. So it's at uh, ourgamemagazine.com, but we'll put the link in the show notes so people can learn more about it and attend if they want. Um, it seems pretty reasonably priced. I mean, besides the whole go having to go to Canada part. <laughs> uh, but if you're already in Canada or, you know, if you're going to the Western Canada Soccer Showcase anyways, um, you should really go and, yeah. and you know, and... Talk about it afterwards. Give us feedback um, because this is ah, this is just this is one of those cool things that you keep looking for in women's soccer, and then suddenly it happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. Well, let's get back to our our main our main topic: the news of uh, the U.S. women's national team. Um, both the uh, well, both, but um, the full national team and the youth national team. We we're, we're going to cover cover both sides here. Um, and in some cases, there's a little bit of overlap, something we haven't seen in a while. Um, possibly not the entire time we've been doing this podcast. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But uh, the news uh, coming out of the women's national team today, just minutes before we started recording, the, uh, the Algarve Cup roster was released. But before we even get to that... Let's talk about the games versus Scotland. Um, now, friendlies against a team like Scotland in the United States, they don't necessarily mean very much. Um, Especially in Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and in the past couple years, you know, a handful of years, they've kind of meant uh, racking up lots of scores, or, you know, like 5-0, you know. Four, five, six, zero against you know, kind of a an opponent that was just meant to be sort of a tomato can for us to <laughs> to, to kick around. Um, but Tom Sermani, the new coach, did something a little bit different and brought in legitimately uncapped players and gave them good minutes, serious minutes. Um, not, you know, a high caliber of opponent, but I'm, we're, we're not going to judge that this early on. Um, especially given the score lines. Right. Right. And, and these were, and they were both three, one, which is, um, which is interesting. And it kind of shows you the kind of experimenting that they were doing. I missed the first game. I think, yeah, I missed the one in Florida. They were both streamed on us soccer.com. So good for us soccer. 
to I think they're it. both on YouTube as well. I don't want to do that. I have other things that I do on YouTube. Catch up on Degrassi. No, I don't want that. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, the three that, that got caps that we like to note, uh, Julie Johnson, your Bronco, um, yes. Christian Press, who uh, did very, very well. Um, I guess she did amazingly four. well. Yeah. She she proved that all that talk over the past few years about how she needed to get capped was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, she was she was great. And I think did she even start up top with LaRue, I think, at the beginning of the second game? I believe she I did. didn't I didn't watch um, the second game. I did watch part of the first game. I forget the starting lineup. <laughs> uh, there was Dunn, Mewis, um, not Ashton Christy, Harris, Christy Mewis. <laughs> Christy Mewis. Sorry, Christy Mewis. Yeah, we do have to specify. You have to specify. It's like um, DiMartino's. <laughs> right. Um, and all of them, I think, did fairly well. I didn't get to see Mewis's game. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't a disaster. He, Tom Tremonti did something interesting by letting Engen start and, I think, play the full 90 in the second game in Nashville. I didn't love her performance. She was doing she was doing things that I was like, that's a little risky for a center back. I don't want to see like creativity from a center back. That's not what I came to see. I didn't come to see your flair when you're sitting back there. I just need you to uh, focus. Um, but she's still fairly young, uh, I guess, on this particular team. So well. It's interesting though. She's got um, how many caps does she have now? She's got at least a couple. Yeah. Anyways, she she is older, mm-hmm. but I think Johnston has more confidence on the pitch, which is amazing because this is seriously it's her first call up to the senior team, and it's her first cap. Um, that kid's got composure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I, and that's we haven't seen that many caps uh, given out to young players in a long time, which I think like newer fans were like, oh, everybody gets a cap. Like, well, that's how it should be when you're in this part of the cycle, when um, you have friendlies that don't really mean anything, and you have a bunch of young people who need to play because old people are not going to be playing, <laughs> right? In theory, one would hope, um, but that I—it's great to see in such. It shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't. It should not be this surprising. Um, but I'm I'm pleased with with that. Um, in terms of the gameplay, you, it you know I, what I what I did take away from the game that I saw the the one in Nashville is I saw moments where the U.S. was trying to play well together and not just like. Oh my gosh! Let's get this goal-scoring opportunity right now. We have to score, you know, this goal. Let's do another one. Like they were, they were passing the ball around really well and kind of paying attention to where they are. I mean, they weren't executing that well, um, but they were trying in a way that I haven't seen in quite some time. I don't know. How did you feel about the game that you saw in Florida? Because that was probably more exciting for you. Um, well, I was 
Uh, well, I started watching mostly in the second half because um, I was eating dinner in the first half and um, my Bronco wasn't in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wasn't sure I could handle the commentary and the stream. And, you know, I just... I have I have difficulties with the senior national team, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't want to miss out if if my Bronco made it. So, Twitter was very helpful and alerted me as soon as Julie Johnston subbed in, <laughs> and, and then I watched the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the the senior squad looked good, um, and I wonder. I wonder how much of that is Sermani himself and how much of that is playing under a new coach. Like how much that revitalizes a team and how much that, you know, pushes them to work to keep their spot, especially when, you know, now he's capping new kids. Someone might actually lose their spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not guaranteed, you know, he couldn't, it's not an issue of the coach liking you it's just, you know, him picking the best players. Um, it's really, uh, it's, it's interesting times. I, I'm, it, it's fun that we, we started this uh, podcast uh, up again now that <laughs> we have a new coach. Um, <laughs> now that we're not angry all the time. <laughs> and, um, but getting to uncapped players, Ashlyn Harris, still not capped. And, Even and, though they played in her home state. Right. Um, though she was injured. A little, in Tennessee. In a little bit of injury. I don't know. Um, I, who wrote this here? You or I? That can you believe that <laughs> after all this time that U.S. soccer has invested in her, she's still not capped? I think I wrote that yeah, because yeah. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah. I mean, lots of people have, but it's just like, that's so shocking. They've been, I mean... She has been the heir apparent since 2002. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's still not capped. Yeah, I mean, part, part of that was she had some really bad injuries. and you know, She's never healthy, though. Yeah, she's, she really is not. <laughs> like, like, I don't care how good she is. Her you focus don't want, needs more focus. <laughs> you need a keeper that's going to be healthy and consistent for you. Like, mm-hmm. even if she's amazing, she has got to be healthy and consistent to be a real option for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started to think of her as the hype man of the U.S. women's national team. And for those of you who don't know what a hype man is, I'll link the Wikipedia article. But think um, Flavor Flav is a, probably in popular, popular culture would be the quintessential hype man. And you could definitely see Ashlyn Harris getting on like a Flavor of Love type TV show. <laughs> I think I think she would enjoy that. Um, I feel like if if she knew that was her, her role and if she embraced it, like that would be awesome for her. She would be so into that. That would yeah. be, you know, the hype man is not is not the person, not the main rapper on a song. It's just the person who comes in and like shouts like, yeah. You know, in the middle, maybe does a guest <laughs> verse every once in a while. Um, think of, well, I mean, 50 Cent is, is not a, a hype man now, but he does, he, he's at his best when he's really just guesting on other songs. And maybe that's Ashlyn Harris's role. Not to actually play, but just to yell out, yeah, every now and again. <laughs> Show up at practice, look pretty. You yeah. Know. With your tattoos or whatever, which, oh, getting out of control. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not sure that white girls need full sleeves. Presenting people with (laughs) random stuff put on them. Uh, And disclaimer, I have a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very visible. I love them. Uh, Would I love them more if they didn't have their tattoos? I can't (laughs) say for certain. (laughs) You knew me before I had a tattoo. That's true. Yeah. We all make mistakes. (laughs) No, No, I'm not judging. Um, But from that, from those two performances against Scotland, Tom Sermoni, and I guess, you know, other stuff in the camp, Tom Sermoni has chosen his um, uh, Algarve Cup roster. And uh, Strain, uh, well, Mike, it's not strangely since she's injured, but Hope Solo is not on it. So this will be the first trip in quite a while uh, that Hope Solo is not on. Um, looking at the the roster right now, it's uh, goalkeepers Nicole Barnhart, Ashlyn Harris, and Jill Lloyden. So uh, we'll we'll see if Ashlyn Harris gets her first cap overseas, or if it's just all Nicole Barnhart or Jill Lloyden. I don't know really who's number two anymore, um, or even number one, really, because it seems like they could be the same interchangeable at this point uh to me yeah i don't i don't know um i think harris is not number one um so it's it's got to be between barnhart and lloyd and but like you said it's been so long since we've been without hope solo that you can't really assess Mm -hmm. i mean you could guess but it's yeah. It's like 50-50. Yeah. Um, defenders, and we have actually a, a question from Twitter about this. Um, defenders, Rachel Bueller, Crystal Dunn, Whitney Engen, Ali Krieger, Kelly O'Hara, Christy Rampone, Becky Sauerbrunn. Uh, I did just say Sauerbrunn. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Sauerbrunn. Um, that's fine. I mean that's that. I mean that's to be expected. Uh, it's not, I guess I'm, I'm not a huge Whitney Ingen fan, um, but I'm glad she's there. Get her some experience, considering we don't really have many central defenders. We keep shoving them to the wings um, and pulling our forwards back. Yeah. Uh, so why are we still doing that? Why? I don't understand why Kelly O'Hara is still in the back with well, this roster. Well, because she's been playing there for a couple years now. Like, the new fans actually think she's a defender. Like, and I'm not I'm not saying she's not. I'm saying they actually think that's all she is. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's so disturbing for me. It feels late, too late now because she's good at it. She's decent at it. But she is a better striker. Right. But is she and we a have better... defenders that are defenders that could be back there. I like. Who would you suggest in the in the left back back spot? Well, I bring in Johnston and shuffle around the the others. Well, who in the left back spot? Hmm. See, I don't dis- like. I don't disagree about Kelly O'Hara's ability to score, her ability to 
do things um, in the attacking half. It's just she's better than better at being a left back than any other left back option we have. That's so sad, though. It is sad, but it's sad but true, as Metallica would say. That is Metallica, right? It's not another thing. I'll it's, look that up uh, on Wikipedia. Um, it's fun. But uh, <laughs> someone on Twitter asked us who are, would that be our ideal back line. And it's awful that I can't really think of a nice back four because, uh, you know, I haven't seen other people play. I mean, we keep calling up the same people. I think a healthy Allie Krieger is a good choice. Um, if she gets back to being, uh, good defensively, she's always been pretty good attacking, um, from the, from the back there. But, you know, uh, I think with a, a younger back line, we just need a little bit of maturity, a little bit of composure. Um, and to that end, I would say sour, sour bread. Definitely. Um, Julie Johnson has one cap. I like her, but she has one cap. I mean, I would say if she were on this roster, that would give her a shot back there, but I don't know. It, I think it's ridiculous she's not on this roster. Right. Um, I don't know. Who's your, who's your ideal back line? I like that. Krieger, Sauerbrunn, um, Johnston. And, I mean, if you don't want to go too young, then, I mean, you can keep Rampone to help Usher in. Right. I mean, if Rampone is still insisting on playing, um, I she's much a, a much better defender than, you know, than the others. I mean, just in, in terms of defense and understanding... Um, the kind of defensive shape the U.S. needs to make. Right, and you use her to help be, usher in Dunn and Engen. Yeah, and being disciplined, sure. Um, but I don't know. We, we'll think about it more. We'll table that. <laughs> we'll table it. We'll think about it. Um, we'll let you know after Algarve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although we won't be paying $15 to watch a game. No, we will not. Um, or more, however much that is. Um, we'll just listen to the game reports like we always did back in the day, the way it was in the good old days. Before Twitter. In the good old days, you, you know how you found out Lindsay Huey got moved to left back? Because you read about it in the report after the game. Maybe the day after. That's Maybe the week out. after. <laughs> That's how you found out about how, mistakes that were made in a player's life. Not her life. I mean, not, not mistakes made by her. God bless her, but uh, mistakes made by the coach at the time. Anyway, uh, midfielders, uh, Yael, Eva Butch, uh, Shannon Box, Lauren Chaney, Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd, Christine Ewes, Heather O'Reilly, Megan Rapinoe. Um, so you have the names in there that you would, I guess you just kind of have to take along. <laughs> um, uh, and then you have some really great, like, uh, you know, options. Christine Ewis, I guess, is the one really <laughs> great option. I mean, yeah, I, I'm excited to see how what could, she can do on the national team. She's been called up before, 
I mean, this is not her first time. You know, she it it's up and down for her, um, or in terms of being called into the national team. I maybe maybe she could get a fair. I don't know about fair shake, but like um, some minutes and see how she could fit in. Um, but otherwise, the I mean, the midfield is basically what they took to the Olympics. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. They'll be fine. It's fine. This midfield makes me grumpy. Yeah, it's it's not exactly. And I have inspiring. nothing against Christy Mewis. Like I think it's great she's called up. I just. She's also going to be on La Manga the week before. While the while the senior squad's doing build up, she's going to be playing with the U twenty threes, just like Johnston. And yet she's going to slot right into Algarve, and Johnston's not. Uh, well, I don't know. It's just one tournament. It's just mm-hmm. the Algarve Cup. It's just the Algarve Cup. It's, it's just crepes. It's just, it's fine. There'll be others. There'll be, there'll be others next year. Well, let's talk about something that's actually exciting. The forwards. Yes. Lindsay Oran, uh, Sydney LaRue, Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, Abby Wambach. Oh! But that's, <laughs> you know, that that's really exciting for Chris, uh, Kristen Press and, and Lindsay Oran. That's, she wasn't even. Did she? She wasn't even in the Scotland games. No, um, but uh, she was in the training camp. Yeah, and then she was in with the U twenties. Um, so this is going to be the first time in a long time that we've had someone crossing over from the U twenties to the national team simultaneously, mm-hmm. which hasn't happened. I think who was I talking to about this? I think I was talking to one of our followers, Mark, who hits me up on Tumblr every now and then. Um. I think the last one that did this was Stephanie Lopez. Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, she was very active with the different national teams while and still in college. Um, I miss her. She's pregnant. Um, My goodness. Uh, oh. Congratulations, <laughs> Mazel <Tov. laughs> Good for you, Stephanie Lopez, bringing another another tiny soccer player. Beautiful human being. Children are great. We love children. <laughs> They're the best. They're the future. Um, I'm excited to see the kind of goals that these forwards can score. Uh, I think the there's a weird. I don't know. I, like looking at the difference between the midfield and the forward, like how are they going to connect? This seems like a very big difference between, you know, your Shannon Box, Carly Lloyd, Heather O'Reilly, people who've been on the national team and doing their thing, you know, for better or worse for several years. And then they need, now they need to link up with these new kinds of forwards. Uh, I think your best bet there is not Box and Lloyd. Right. <laughs> That's kind of been the best bet for a little while now, but continue. Well, I mean, okay. Say you have this beautiful lineup that doesn't have Abby Wambach in it. Mm-hmm. 
And honestly, the fact that she's listed last means I can just ignore the fact she's on this roster at all. Because, oh my god, look at those other four words. Um, and let's see. You've got Heath and Mewis are probably the ones that have worked with the others the longest. Um, youth national teams on up. Um, and you figure Megan Rapino might actually be able to make something work here. Because between her energy and the energy of these forwards, um, it's probably going to take some time. But she could figure out a pretty good connection somewhere up there. Yeah, and you could tell she she was enjoying playing with Kristen Press uh, on in that game in Nashville. She enjoyed that. That was fun for her. Um, I think it's yeah, it's it's really exciting. This this forward line is exciting and hasn't been exciting for a very long time. But I mean, look at those names and think of their years of national team experience, like in parentheses next to them. They're not there, but like you get. <laughs> You get zero, one, two, zero, ten. <laughs> like, like with a forward line like that, you have to bring in a new midfield. You have to start bringing in kids there. Yeah, I mean, Yellow has time with Kristen Press, yes, um, and has probably, I think, had time with Alex Morgan with the Flash, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. And Cheney seems like she'd be okay to have as as seniority in the midfield. Uh, yeah, I would like that. She's calm. Because Rapino might be older, but there's no way she's seniority. No, she's not. She even admits herself that she's not an armband person. She's not going to be captain. <laughs> but that leaves that leaves three three midfielders that you can essentially replace. Well, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll take a look at, I guess, since we won't be watching these games, some starting <laughs> lineups. And the, I, don't, I don't feel like the Algarve Cup is as sh- strong as it has been in previous years, but um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited in a happy way, and literally, even though my voice doesn't convey it as much. <laughs> but... Uh, that's really interesting. Lots of lots more youth in a in a fun fun way. Um, but speaking of youth, we have youth national team news. This is really where you come in, Ruth, because yes, you're very very excited. I'm excited too because Michelle French was named the U20 coach just yesterday. I think. Um, Why does that make you excited? Was former Point One pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's actually she's pretty good. She's a good person. She's um, I I feel like she's a good coach. You know, I think that's a that's a really great option. I like that it's a woman from America. I'm sorry, that's <laughs> you know, I don't have a nicer way to put that, but I like that you know we're finding coaching options um, in different places now. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's a full-time position, so I'm glad it's not Erica Walsh, because, I'm sorry, she's Penn State. (laughs) (laughs) Good for her. Um, But uh, you you had a little bit on their camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so the U-20s and the U-18s had a camp earlier in February, and 
And, um, I mean, basically you treat this as the same camp. Um, I guess technically it's not, but, um, yeah, they were supposed to scrimmage against each other and nobody knows if that actually happened, uh, which, you know, what can you expect of U.S. soccer? But we did find out that the U-20s played against UCLA, which is an interesting story unto itself. Um, and the U-20s won 3-2. to two. I think one of those goals against the U-20s was an own goal, um, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, um, you know, when you're, when you're making a lot of conversions and you're having your very first camp of the cycle, um, you know, it's good a good time to, to work those things out. Um, and they were playing against a UCLA squad that had just lost their head coach. Again, uh-huh. um, Mr. Tarpley, BJ Snow, uh, was called in to be the full-time U17 head coach. Um, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. What? I don't <laughs> know how I felt about him as a UCLA coach. I feel like that how how long has he been UCLA? Two years. Two years. One or two years. Okay. Well, uh, we all make choices. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know he's been Ellis's assistant. This essentially means he's still Ellis's assistant. Um, and it's kind of job security for him because if he couldn't make UCLA work past, you know, beyond just the glut of talent that they had. Um, he was going to be looking for a new job anyways. Uh, they didn't really have a stellar season last year. And from what I hear, what, you know, what they did manage to pull off was because they had, they had that talent and they had the, the player leadership. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe Mr. Tarpley will do better with the younger age group mm-hmm. and back under Ellis. Um, I feel kind of bad for the incoming UCLA kids, though, uh, because this was announced relatively recently, um, right around uh, it, when kids were signing their letters of intent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah. there, I'm sure there's UCLA been, can attract a, a nice coach. A yeah, coach. that'll be that'll be interesting to see who fills in there. Um, that's almost more interesting than the fact that Mr. Tarpley is now the U-17 coach. Because mm-hmm. um, there have been... It feels like this year had more more incoming freshmen changing their commits than any other year I've followed the college game. And maybe you didn't notice that. Um, but just from, from watching the U-17s and U-20s and sort of keeping an eye on where they were supposed to be going. There's just a lot of shifting around. Um, but there's going to be an article on that in the March issue of our game magazine, which is how much for a subscription. Uh, oh yeah. You put me <laughs> on the spot. I know that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, no, well, no. I don't like, know. I, I, know. Was, I was, I was giving, I was throwing you a softball. So you $55. I see. I know that because I designed the ad for a year. $55 for a year, which is four regular um, issues. We do quarterly now. And the um, college preview. And, you know, next year, if I if I really push the issue, then maybe we can have a U20 preview. Mm-hmm. 
but that would be a lot of me begging. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that's happening. Okay. So we, you mentioned La Manga before. The U23s are headed there. Still not coached by Bill Irwin. It's an offense. Really. Uh, but they've got Randy Waldrum. That's true. I mean, I... Although, we wait, wait, wait. We skipped over... Okay, there are two different teams going to La Manga. We've got the U20s going to La Manga. And that roster was named right, like, the day before they named the actual coach. So this is the first time I've seen a youth national team roster that wasn't referencing the coach every other line. <laughs> it was really weird because usually that is one of the first pieces of, of information that they put in. First or second paragraph, you get head coach so-and-so-and-so mm-hmm. who's been, you know, doing such and such and such. Um but yeah, uh, and it was it was great when that roster was named because um, it just goes to show who's engaged with the podcast. I got I got two very lengthy emails about that the roster and um, comments on Tumblr and comments on Twitter. <laughs> I love our listeners. I love our that they pay attention are the best. to this. They're, and they're getting more and more helpful. I I, have, I do have to uh, point out um, uh, Angie, our listener from uh, Chicago, yes, Chicagoland area. Um, I, I think we should have a most helpful full listener award, <laughs> um, and it goes to her because her she added some comments on the blog that, um, well, as she is wont to do, would correct some of our mistakes um, and add some uh, illumination to some other things we talked about. Um, we should have some follow-up. But um, she, she did mention um, uh, the, uh, how accessible the Chicago Red Stars venues were for New Still. And then um, uh, that the, Adi- the players under Adidas were uh, not paid as much, which surprised me because I felt like they were paid more, but maybe that was just what I was assuming because Christine Lilly said she was paid well. Um, <laughs> Maybe time. they were only paid well if they were from 1999. That's true. Um, That's uh, why Allie Wagner quit soccer. But, yeah, <laughs> she wasn't paid very well. I mean, it, she seemed like she really enjoyed being with Adidas, but I don't know if that ended up in her favor in the long run. Um, but Lamanga. Playing, Great. Uh, <laughs> next week. Yep. Uh, and uh, th- that's a fun tournament. So we'll we'll have results from that. And I guess we, we won't see any games, but we'll have results, right? Right. Um, if nothing else, we get results from um, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Because their SID is on top of stuff. Good old Notre Dame. Um, he's a very nice guy. I I don't know if I mentioned, I might've mentioned it in the podcast that we didn't release because it was mostly, (laughs) mostly Ethiopian, but, um, yes, their SID is super, super nice guy. Um, and hopefully we can meet again in Notre Dame sometime. Uh, How awesome would that be if we covered a Notre Dame game? That would be amazing. Um, I think everyone would love that. Uh, <laughs> Especially if it was Notre Dame Santa Clara. Uh-huh. Oh my heart! Uh, if let's see, 
Is that all we have? We're forty minutes now. Is it? You could you could tack in the Aaron D's interview. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even relevant now. Oh, I think the dogs are telling me that it's time. Oh, there's a squirrel outside. I'm living with dogs now. <laughs> nice. Uh, two boxers. So I think that's it. No, well, next time. Oh uh, well, probably in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll talk about new sill. Um, maybe revisit media stuff. We'll see. Um, please, listeners, let us know your thoughts. Crossconference at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Please rate us on iTunes if you can. That Because that, that helps us a lot. That that helps us out a ton. We're also and on, vote on Facebook. Yes, vote on Facebook for your favorite kind of formatting. Um, and, and we're on Tumblr as well because that's where everybody is. Um, anyway, okay. That, that was great. Good job. <gasps> wait, but, wait. You have to make a plug for UFC. Oh my gosh. Yes. How could you miss that? Okay. (laughs) So I'll try to release this tomorrow, um, by which time it will be Friday. And then you'll have the next day, Saturday, um, the 23rd of February to watch the Ronda Rousey, Liz Carmouche fight. Go to a bar, go out, meet some people and watch that fucking fight. Cause oh my God. Or, or buy it on, uh, buy it on pay-per-view if you have the money to. Why is that an important fight? Because it's the very first time women have ever fought in the UFC. Uh, and it's going to be amazing. It's groundbreaking. All those kinds of things. But it's going to be... Ronda Rousey is basically... Someone said this on Twitter. It's like... She's like exploiting a, a glitch in a video game over and over again. <laughs> um, and women have... Well, I guess probably maybe a year and a half, two years now. Have... will spend that much time just getting ready for her to see what they can do about her armbar and they can't do anything. I don't know if Liz Carmouche can or not. Um, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of Liz Carmouche too, though I'm always eternally in the Ronda Rousey corner. Um, it's going to be so exciting. Are you going to watch it, Ruth? I'm going to find a way to watch it, even if I can't watch it live. Um, I am pretty sure that my sister and her boyfriend will be watching it. So I'll definitely get an update from them. And I'm sure I'll get updates from you. Yes, you will. Well, I will be watching it at some bar in Austin where they're showing UFC. So awesome. I don't have a TV. It's going to be amazing. There are also other good fights on that card, too. Henderson and Machida. But whatever. This is not our fight podcast. But everybody should watch it because... Great. And subscribe to our fight podcast. (laughs) Subscribe to our fight podcast. Which is right across conference. Uh, <laughs> it's just about punching people in the face. And um, we're always right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's it. Oh my gosh. Good job. That's a great note to end on. This is great. Everything's great. It's the best. All right. Um, see you guys later. Bye. Drink the Kool Aid. Gossip, roll the table, rock the room, say it's a nose job Isn't she got it, cause she needs somebody I'm paying dues and red blood and borrowed money Some me can, let me see your brand plan A low budget production bandana glamour on a hand cam Let me sign your poster, strike a poser Sleeping in my armor while you're sleeping on your host It goes get money, waste, rather take money From a thing we need to a thing we see Shake honey, nothing's free True indeed, open the seam, scribble the bleed Agitate seed to leaves, can see doom tree Blood brothers, slow shutters, they don't need to see this beast First brothers free, those other shows peddle cheap And shoddy work will bruise your body purple
people. Some folk will never lose a toe, but then again, some folk will. You said I hell is human. I said you break it, you buy it, and make the shell toes move, and all self-improvement. Couldn't get a new cassette the movement. Make the circuit smash across the circus act, 2,000-something moving. Turn out a screw, drive a ghost right up a high.